welcome to Creatoring, the design podcast that's not always about design, and very rarely is. I'm Zach. Hey, I'm Courtney. And welcome. We've missed you guys, all you yes. listeners. Yes. It's been... Well, we put an episode out last month, but we recorded that a year ago, so... It's our year anniversary. Yeah, we're, our year of not, of not being here. We did it. So... I think it's understandable why. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a little bit of a global pandemic you that's know. still going on. It's not over yet, but I think uh, that there's yeah, there's an end in sight. That's well, hopeful. there's it's at least hopeful, but there's also more of a hunger inside of myself to see my friends mm-hmm. and to talk to you guys, and so I needed that. And I can't always play D and D on a podcast. <laughs> One, I'm not very good at it. Two, I don't want to do the voices. Three, Will and Dan won't let me record every week. So I need something. (laughs) Another outlet. Something more. And Courtney, as much as I've loved making the show with you, I needed more friends to come in. And I didn't want a different guest every week because they're all better designers than I am. (laughs) We are. And Well, I don't want to speak for you. It's up to you. And I always felt inferior so i wanted to bring in just one incredible designer who makes me never want to do this again and just have them on every week to lift me up and grow our fam yeah does that make sense totally so i found one at our monthly drink and draw what do you think should we let's do it all right would you introduce them please (laughs) we're really excited to have you miranda (laughs) i'm so excited even I after that rambling excuse what of, an introduction oh. I'm, I'm over here i'm trying not to cry and also my cheeks hurt because of, of the smiles oh well welcome miranda i don't know if i know how to pronounce your last name that's okay i actually was just i was just on facebook the other day and you can pick a pronunciation for your name to display <laughs> and i was like should i or should i just like let people try to figure it out um it's anzalone Nope, I'm not going to say it, but I'm so glad like you alone, did. Alone, but alone, Anza. Alone, alone, Anza. Nope, this is just like Shauna Parmesan all over again. Yes, yeah, that's okay. I'm alright with that. Um, I my last name, my maiden name was very short. It was only three letters, and impossible <laughs> to mispronounce. So I went from having a really easy last name to to spell to for people and pronounce to something that's incredibly difficult but uh i'm okay with it because it makes me more seo friendly yeah oh that's true <laughs> that's why oh. i added a middle mm. initial i don't know if i'm gonna keep it or not for how long but <laughs> to differentiate is that even I your like middle it. name the m or did you just grab that out of nowhere courtney yeah i just made it up yeah courtney michael you fill in the blank mm. is that why you did the same thing the s uh no i did that because my first college okay when i was in high school i'm old enough that high school was when email started to become a thing and that's when you need to make one my very first email address was pop tarts 2002 neo i was eating pop tarts in 2002 and the matrix was my favorite movie the the matrix Mm -hmm. i was thinking neopets no oh Um, that was the email i used for neopets which is mm -hmm. I was incredibly practical as 
a tween mm-hmm. and um my very first email was first name last name mm-hmm. 292 I that was like the number i used for everything so like birthday uh it closed my birthday september 2nd nice nice yeah yeah i had courtney l and then i rebelled and didn't know what to make my name and decided blue obsession was my like email i don't know why it sounds very obscure blue obsession (laughs) i have a hard time with like anonymity on the internet like i i'm too practical with like everything's like first name middle name or like first name last name so um over over pandemic times in the beginning i decided i wanted to be a twitch streamer for a hot minute mm-hmm. and i had a really i was like oh i'll just like do my handle that i use for instagram and then i was like that's a bad idea because that's like my name like that's like my <laughs> oh. first middle name or whatever so i was like i don't i don't know if i want that out on the internet for random i don't know yeah. it's different instagram is a lot different than twitch in terms yeah. of like it kind of docks you or something like yeah. find you i think so so anyway so i I had a really difficult time trying to come up with something that was like anonymous and cool sounding and had like a personality to it. Um, but I really like what the one that I ended up with, but now I don't want to use it for anything else because it's my Twitch name. So I don't yeah. want people to find me on Twitch. Like it's a really cool name, but I don't want people to like, Link I don't do Twitch this. streaming <laughs> anymore, mm-hmm. but I still have that Twitch username. Um, Cause I'm a viewer. But you can't have that cross contamination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Saying. I feel like I have a um, alter ego now. My secret <laughs> superhero name. Yeah. Courtney, what would your superhero yes. name be? Oh no. Blue Obsession. Blue I don't know. Obsession. <laughs> what is yours? Oh, it would have to be some play off of Hashimoto's. <laughs> Since I just found out I have that. Something off of Captain Gluten, like going around <laughs> just blasting it or something. Mm-hmm. Like oh, no. destroying it from the planet, I guess. I love that. Yeah. I'd be incredibly rude to other people. Just because I can't enjoy gluten doesn't mean you guys can't. I mean, oh, so would you be a villain? Ooh, maybe. That's an maybe. interesting twist. You would like go to pizza parlors. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a it's a hero skill because it you just can like I mean there's such a thing as gluten free. Like yeah, like I go in. So you pizza. might just be like, Bazinga, you're gluten free now. Like, that would be so great. You could go to the grocery store and be like, I really want these Fruit Loops, but uh, let me just like catch out. Bam. Go now into Pizza Inn and like replace all of the crust with cauliflower crust, so like nobody notices. But then they're like, This is too chewy to be pizza. Did you not bake it enough? And then I peace out. Oh, I went to this Italian restaurant the other day and. They had this, the bread dipping stuff was supposed to be like olive oil and roasted garlic, mm. but the roasted garlic was so crunchy that it just tasted like bacon bits. <laughs> oh, so we were no. joking that they replaced the, they ran out of um, garlic, so they just like sprinkled some bacon bits in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. Oh, oh no, that went switch. bad. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> not great. This is not good. It's a little girl. weird. So in that vein, what do you guys do for a living? We're going to interview each other, I think, this episode, just to kind of, it's a, it's the beginning, you know, I don't know how podcast seasons work, so <laughs> in the aggregator, I just called this a new season, nice. and we've got the new host, the new co-host, we're all working together, 
And I don't know if we ever did this before, but I figured we could kind of interview each other and use that as a way for the listeners to have to get us no- get to know us better. Sounds good. I like it. It feels like the start of a new season in like life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Right now. So I'm going to write down questions as we talk. <laughs> so I'll go with the low ball. What do we all do for a living? I'm an in-house motion designer, which I can dig into more, but that's basically yeah. it. I'm a, I don't like the word freelance, but I don't like the word self-employed either. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Graphic designer. I'm figuring it out. Yes. That could be it. Um, I heard on the last episode, um, I cannot remember his name, but uh, I believe it was Hey TVM. He, he called himself a hitman or something when he was doing freelance. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a mercenary. I mean, I yes, feel like that's probably where are. the word comes from. Design mercenary. Freelance. Yeah. I like it. Um, I am the design director at an agency, um, which basically means that I do a lot of design and a sprinkle of leadership things <laughs> at the moment. It's at, Lately, it's becoming more of that, but um, we started doing this thing at my company that we call Roles and Hats. Mm-hmm. So we have like our, our job description role, which includes, you know, what are the normal things. And then we have hats and I have, we all have like a lot of weird hats that we wear. Yeah. Um, so it's like all those random skills that like aren't really in the job description of graphic designer, or motion designer, but you get to use them. And I liked that. Yeah. Cause are you also doing account management and project management or is it mainly hats inside of design? Um, it's mostly hats inside of design. <laughs> we have account managers and project managers and things like that. Um, some of the hats that I wear are uh, drone pilot. Um, I do uh, muralist. Isn't really in design. It's more like hands-on kind of things. I build stuff from time to time, mm. like literally with crews and wood and things. I um, I build like interactive displays sometimes. So it's like oh, nice. blowing up balloons and making balloon garlands. <laughs> um, and also like live production skills, like uh like running presentations for companies oh. or like being like the one that like tech direct tech directing things i don't um i don't do a ton of that but i did it a lot of it this last week and it's something that i have a background and experience in but um it felt nice to stretch those muscles yeah. i was like we're gonna play in this space i imagined it was like just a full-on interpretive dance like <laughs> version of explaining what like b2b business you were working on is like how hypercloud works and they're just like up there dancing and just going crazy i love that no it was it Pro was presenter. a bunch of it, yeah i was just right pushing the buttons at the right time rehearsing with them talking them through transitions and like building the deck um i hate powerpoint so we use google slides <laughs> um but like building that and making it cool and interesting and um yeah a little different than my usual like in-house design or um, agency design kind of skills. What are some of the hats that you guys wear at work? Hmm. I have to wear video editor a lot, which is a whole different ballgame. Going through and talking head videos and cutting and splicing them together. And um, this is not a knock on anyone, but computer engineers don't always make the most exciting video subjects. 
like their topics are great and I'm sure people who know what the hell they're talking about love it. But I'm just like, okay, well, charisma. you sneezed right there. So I had to cut that part out. Oh. Let's get through it. But, uh, Facebook ad maker, does that count? Is that a title? Absolutely. Cause that's a job. That's a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have, uh, digital marketing people on our team that, that's what they do. I mean, it's not the only thing they do, but that's in their job role description. So, This is not fun for anyone except maybe some of our listeners will appreciate it. I found out today that you can make Facebook looping ads 240 minutes long. Wow. I'm making what? a 10 second ad. I was like, I can make it four hours long if you want me to, Mark Zuckerberg, but no one's going to want to see this just go around and around and around. Wow. Why is that possible? <laughs> Yeah. Who know. made that decision? Did they mean to make it two minutes and forty seconds, and they just hit the wrong button, or? And now it's four hours long. I'm, I should do it just to see how long it takes yeah. to upload it. I wonder if anyone's ever watched the whole thing. Like, if people put an ad bumper and then a webinar or something. I'm going to cut it so it's five seconds of my ad, the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then uh-huh. the last five seconds of the ad. Yeah. Just upload that. By now. Can you fit the entire trilogy in four hours? Maybe the first, the whole first extended movie and then half of the second extended movie. We'll just do that. And you'll have to come back next month for whatever the next rotating ad is. Hope you hope you hit the algorithm just right so you can see that second one. Yep. Uh, I'm back now. Uh, <laughs> um, the hats I wear, I started out at a small agency where um, it wasn't... Um, like hats inside of design it was more of what I was alluding to earlier where it's like oh I'm gonna uh, project well I still kind of do this project manage a client account manage over here uh, teach some interns over here and I liked that to start because I got a sense of uh, business like a business sense I guess and like how it all works because I had to know as one of three people who were running the company um (laughs) And then it built out from there. Um, and so now um, I probably do more traditional design work where it's like prints, marketing materials, and websites and things like that. But I'll still, well, there's me as a freelancer who's accounting and project managing and all that stuff. But then I still work part time for a couple places doing their project management. So I'm just kind of in a try it out phase, like I was saying. <laughs> and then maybe I'll niche next we'll see but would you prefer to niche or do you like all the different types of things you get to do i i love doing all the things i i overdo all the things like i i (laughs) voluntarily take on a lot of stuff that i is not really typical for somebody in my role or or whatever which is exciting like i work at i work at a company that's like just at the right size where i can volunteer to take stuff on and it's not like no 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 we have someone for that like I get to do like, for example, we, um, we marched with a company last year and doubled our employee staffing. And that was very exciting and a little bit scary because we were all still on zoom pretty much all the time. And that was like a little weird trying to transition to a new, essentially a new company with like double the people and meeting them all for the first time on zoom was, um, not as fun as getting to do like a happy hour or something. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in that process, we had to 
um, at make sure that our office was going to be compatible with that many people when we did start coming back to work, because already some people were kind of starting to come in a couple of days a week. Um, and we wanted to make sure that everybody had a desk that they could come to. So we weren't just like hot desking it. Yeah. Because uh, at the other company they used um, desktop machines, they weren't all on laptops like we originally were. Yeah. The company that I started with. And so we could just kind of sit wherever, go to a coffee shop or, you know, work from home very easily. But a lot of the empl employees that we marched with had desktop machines and we had to make sure that they had desks. So mm. my challenge, my hat was uh, like number one, coming up with a layout for the existing office space that we could fit everybody in, in with new desks. And number two, literally making a list of all the equipment and desks that we needed. Like I made spreadsheets with links and prices and <laughs> I uh, made the Ikea purchase and like went and picked things up from Ikea and built the desks and all like made the assignments and like all of that. So yeah, not really something that a designer, a graphic designer would typically do for their job, but um, enjoyable nonetheless. And I get to pick up paint colors for walls and yeah, you put swatches everywhere. Apply the brand. Yes. To your office. Yeah. I think it. it's fun to change it up. Yeah. That's, that's like... And then build the desk. Yeah. That's yeah. True. And then lay them out. <laughs> manual yeah. labor. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of building things i listened to a uh, some audiobooks while i was building stuff in the office <laughs> it was fun sometimes i get burnt out on design so it's nice to yeah. spread it out with admin tasks or things like that yeah i don't know if you ever find that or even big projects and then smaller ones so i'm not using my brain on 110 percent the whole day because i've seen your spreadsheets too courtney i've gotten some creatoring spreadsheets and <laughs> you guys say you turn your brain off when you do the admin stuff but i feel like you're just accessing a different part you don't use because that shit's it. color coded it's correlated yep. it's paged out there's something zen about it <laughs> yeah. it's like your and rock the options garden are a little more limited in uh google sheets than they are in illustrator yeah. so it's a little nicer to have to not make as many decisions yeah but have you seen that guy that's that paints in excel no i'll put a link yes. in the show notes yeah, wait I think I've seen him. It's an older gentleman. Yeah. And he like paints in Excel by doing coloring in each uh, oh, that's cell. Yeah. Are they squares like pixels? Well, he makes them so big and he makes so many rows and columns you can't tell. So they look like pixels. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Just hex code backgrounds. Also, instead of freelance, have you thought about vigilante? You could be like the Batgirl of design. Vigilante designer. Yeah, I would have to stand for something. No more ugly spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. <laughs> Just kidding. Design vigilante. Yeah. No more killing. You have to take out the, <laughs> take out crime and design. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, like we could upgrade the word ambassador to <laughs> vigilante. It's a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, away from jobs. What? was the first record you bought with your own money record or cd it doesn't have to be vinyl that's i meant generally i'm not that old um, if, if you can't remember the first one you bought with your own money the first record i ever bought with my own money was outcast stinkonia that's good i had to wait until the uh it was a local cd store 
and I had to wait until the cashier I knew sold CDs with parental warnings to underage kids was there so I could get it. Took it. I would go in and look. She wasn't there, so I left. But <laughs> I honestly don't remember. I remember some of the really early albums that I had. Um, I'm unsure if you guys will know who this is, but I had a Jump 5 CD mm-hmm. that I like wore tracks into. Like, if they started skipping because I played it so much. Was that a Christian band? It was. Okay. They had a song that was like on Disney Channel or something, yeah. like a music video that was on Disney Channel. That So like okay. that song got really popular, but... Um, they were one of the crossover yes. acts. Uh, lots of lots of Christian bands. The first CD I ever got was Audio Adrenaline. I don't remember the name. It was the one with Big House on it. If you guys remember that song. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of like Super Chick. Rachel Lampa, mm-hmm. plus one, who was like the Backstreet Boys of Christian music. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember liking uh, Super Chick. I yeah. think they came to our youth gatherings. Dang. You had my Super church, Chick? My church had a Family Force 5 concert once, and it was <laughs> lit. Like, oh. many, many non-Christian people came to that concert because it was a cool band at the time, or like, alt weird alt music band mm-hmm. and i just remember like being at my church and being like this is a really cool band because like all these people are here that don't even believe in god and like it was a whole thing it was great um i'm gonna say something i've never said on the podcast before that i hope doesn't scare listeners away but i went to liberty university and family force five came there all the time amazing and it was so much fun i i'm not sure i know um, well, we're going to deep dive into this to... first episode yeah, I mean, of the new season. You can, if you want to, you can gloss over it if you don't. Do you know who fine. Jerry Falwell is, was? How about the, uh, the moral majority political movement? Uh, maybe I'm swinging too far the wrong way. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. Liberty University is the world's most exciting Christian university <laughs> in Lynchburg, Virginia. It is a large Southern Baptist college. That I Thanks. no longer align myself with. <laughs> Would you like to um, tell, uh, say some of the rules? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. So, so it's a Southern Baptist school, right? Uh, I met my wife there, who we're celebrating our 13th anniversary this year. I owe tens of thousands of dollars in student debts. I did not finish my degree there. Uh, the best things about it were my wife and some of the concerts. Because like I said, Family Force 5 slaps. Oh, yeah. That's a good concert. Still slap. Five Iron Frenzy, great concerts. Me Without oh, yeah. You, so good. Uh, Do you ever get I was, Huh? Oh, yeah. Mute Math, like, played in the cafeteria. They are still amazing. They still put out bangers. The dude would put the headphones on and then duct tape him to his head, the drummer, before he played. It was nuts. So that was great. Some of the rules at Liberty University. Uh, geez, did you have a favorite one? We've talked about them. Uh, There's something. My friend, her husband went there. No hand holding. Yeah, you couldn't hold hands. No kissing. No going in boys or girls dorms. Those are the uh, ones I remember. Obviously, no drinking. Do you have like chapel hours? Yeah, every Monday, Wednesday, do? and Friday. Ugh. And that wasn't counting prayer group, which was on Thursday night, and. Uh, 
no R-rated movies, no dancing. There was an exception. There was an exception while I was there that we could see The Passion of the Christ. But other than that, no R-rated movies. Oh, no. Uh, We can get into the, uh, like, whenever you would leave the dorm for a night, you had to sign out and say where you were going and put a phone number for contact information. Everybody lies. Everybody puts either a friend or their parents, and then um, and then they don't go. But um, yeah, there was uh, reps you would get if you got in trouble. Like, and then once you racked up so many reps, you had to pay fines. Like, I think practicing witchcraft was like seventy reps, and abortion was fifty. <laughs> Dress code violations were five reps apiece. Wow. Yeah. I like that they're really um uh monetizing sin mm-hmm. is that the word Com- uh commodify commodify i don't know like making it words. directly tied to a number mm-hmm. of how bad it is and also money i was deep into it too i was in it to win it is that baby. why you owe them tens of thousands of dollars no that's just regular old student loan debt because to be the world's most exciting university it ain't cheap Lord. i feel that i went to a um i went to flagler college Nice. Which is a not the most expensive private university because they they one of their selling points is that like for a private school they're not that expensive mm-hmm. but still costs more than state school. Yeah. I the day I found out in my senior year that um, the grad school tuition at UCF in Orlando yeah. was less per credit hour than undergrad at Flagler. And I nearly, um, I nearly cried because I was almost already almost done. And I was like, I did not think about money at all when I made this decision to go here. Yeah. No, just thinking about the Lord and how he was going to use me in the world. (laughs) Oh boy. One of the schools I toured was, um, Palm Beach Atlantic, Mm -hmm. which is also affiliated, I believe with a church or something because they have chapel hours, um, and that was one of the reasons that I did not go there because I thought it was ridiculous. Like I had at the time, we really are going to get into a deep dive. <laughs> at the time I would have considered myself a really, had a really strong relationship with religion. Mm-hmm. And even that to me was like horrifying that I had to like literally swipe in with an ID to prove to them that I was going to campus church however many hours a week i was horrified so i was like absolutely not Mm -mm." and then i ended up flagler has so at at palm beach that you could have boys in your room but the door had to be open and you could not be sitting on the bed together and at flagler there was no interdorm visitation at all Mm -hmm. like no boys in the hallways like not even so i was like how strange that liberty we had one day a year or a semester where intergender could go in the other dorms. Mm-hmm. That was it. We had boy hours. I went to a women's college that started as a Baptist school. So we still had chapel on Wednesdays and Sundays, but you didn't have to go because we had kind of graduated out of that. But yeah, we had boy hours, which at the time made me feel 
safe somehow. That was stupid. It did did feel safe, like, knowing, like, oh, good, my roommates can't have, like, boys over and, like, me not be able to kick them out. Like, I I was I can focus on school. Yeah. (laughs) What, is there a problem in this country with men and women's dorms and just generally how men act on college campuses or something? (laughs) I don't know. I haven't haven't heard of any specific examples that I could... uh... Oh, man. I like this. Uh, we're interviewing each other about school. This fits right into the interview theme. I just also realized how out of touch we're going to sound to any of our listeners who don't live in the, <laughs> in the deep south. south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry to everyone oh. in New England, the mid, the mid, uh, you know, the flyover states. Those three <laughs> of you who listen curious. in Japan, huh? Yeah, they could be curious about yeah. us. Yeah. Also, though, we've evolved out of this. Just yes. so you know. At least the three, the three of us have. Yeah. 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 I I always thought, I always like try to think about my. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I try to think about my like, my personal history with religion and politics specifically, and the person that I was in high school, mm-hmm. is. I'm like, I still feel like a very similar or same person. I still have a lot of friends from high school that I'm tight with. And like, I'm sure they would not be friends with me if I had completely changed as a person, but Mm -hmm. my beliefs and opinions politically and religiously have changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, I, I keep trying to like, I'm like, what is that thing? Like, was it, was it because I went off to college or was it because I did this or was it, you know, like try to pinpoint like what was the shift that was happening but it's just so i i wonder what i would think of myself if i met oh, myself i i can play this game high school zach would not like current zach yeah at all and it's just i was so judgmental and yes, angry that's mainly it yes, yes. and i i still had like the same sense of humor but i don't yeah. think i've really felt like who I don't think I've really discovered who I am until like the last four or five years. So yeah, no, I would not have cared for myself back then, but current me doesn't like old Zach much either. Huh? Yeah. I think I would, um, I think I'd be impressed with myself from like, a. uh, honestly, like aside from religion and politics, I think if I met myself and didn't know any of that, I would be like, like, wow, you, like, landed in a really cool job that, like, we still like all that stuff. Like, you know, like, you're, you're, I've, um, I married somebody that I dated in high school, um, and have known since middle school. So I'd be like, wow, holy, holy <laughs> crow, like, you, what? You married him? You moved there? Like, I'd be really excited for myself. And then if we started talking about anything past the surface level, I think I'd be, like, really judgmental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'd be like, I don't, I don't even know. I, um, I got some boxes of stuff from my parents' garage because they moved recently, and a lot of it is from high school, like stuff that was in my bedroom when they moved that they boxed up. Um, and I had grad, I had just, I'd been on, in college for like two years, I think, when they moved the last time. So it's like all that stuff that was like freshly from high school that I still had in my bedroom and everything, like journals and like notes from friends and all of that and i was just reading some and notebooks from school the family force five albums i was so angsty i had like all these scribbles in my notebook (laughs) from science class because i would get so mad at the teacher for like 
teaching us evolutionary biology. Yeah. Um, and I was so mad about it. <laughs> I was I was just uh, like oh, putting it all together. Sweet, it was confusing. Sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing to like there's such cognitive dissonance you have to do to yeah. believe a certain way. I don't know. Yeah. Get into it probably. Yeah. But... I know. I'm I'm sorry. I brought all that into place. But it's just it's fascinating to me. Um how I don't know, just how that shift happened. But mm-hmm. what was um, bringing it back to the, the movies, The Passion of the Christ, and all of that? What was the first R-rated movie that you guys saw? Oh, man. Huh. I think mine was The Matrix. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The first movie I saw in theaters was Jurassic Park. No. Rescuers. Nope. Two and a Half Men. No, that's a TV show. <laughs> Two Men and a Baby. That's the one. My aunt was supposed to take... She told my mom she was taking me to see Rescuers Down Under, but she took me to see Two two Men and a Baby instead. And I clearly... I was like four. That wasn't that, rated R. I just remember... That, oh, I was going to say, was that rated R? No. I just remember that story being very funny because I, I fussed at her later in front of my mom about it. First R to movie, probably The Matrix. Yeah. It was good. Well, like, that was the first movie I'd seen with such... Uh, defined cinematography that I could tell. I don't know. No, the Wachowski the siblings movie. are great. Mm-hmm. What was yours? Do you remember, Miranda? So, the first one that I remember knowing was R-rated when I watched it. So, I was a goody two-shoes. I followed <laughs> a lot of rules. If you can't get that from this conversation, um, I was... I followed a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... I don't recall like sneaking any like my husband talks about how he used to order movies online that were like the unrated version or something because he just like he was like oh like American Pie like I can order that online because I have my parents credit card or whatever and I would have never that like never would have occurred to me to like sneak around and Mm -hmm. buy things anyway um I think the first R-rated movie that I remember seeing was Slumdog Millionaire in theaters And I didn't, A, I did not know that it was R-rated when I went to go see it. I don't think I knew it was was, R-rated until just now. I was not 17. I was 16. (laughs) But at the time, I was dating a 19-year-old who bought the tickets, and I was, like, with him. And I guess that, that either the attendant didn't care or, like, he looked old enough, so they, or they only carded him or something, so, like, I got in, and then when he handed me my ticket, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And it was, like, Valentine's Day or something, and we went to see this movie. But um, it was a great movie. <laughs> I remember coming out of it and being like, I'm not sure why that was rated R. Like, I don't think I remembered Did they say why. fuck twice? Probably. Dang. They probably say fuck twice. Those rebels. You Have say... you guys watched the history of swear words yet? I've watched no. pussy, bitch, cunt, and shit. I don't think I've seen all of them yet, though. I think I think we've only watched three of them. I think we watched Fuck, we watched Shit, and we just watched Bitch the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Younger you is judging. Sorry, you. Mom. <laughs> My mom gave up on me a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I still don't think I've ever cursed in front of my parents. Really? Like not I. That's a lie. I said damn it once in front of them. Very recently. Like uh, two months ago. I said damn it in front of them. My mom cusses like a sailor. Yeah. 
I've started to gradually introduce it. To Kim? And they seem okay. Yes, to Kim. And sometimes Randy. And they don't mind now. They used to be like, oh, you should be a graceful young woman. And they don't <laughs> swear. And uh, even though they did when they were younger, and they don't like that they did it, they don't cuss. Is it my but, fault yeah. that have they come around and like, oh, it's Zach and his flowery language? Um, a lot of my friends over here, because I I used to live in the Triangle, Miranda, and I moved over to the coast, and a lot of my friends over here cuss too, and so I just that's because they're sailors. Yeah, they are, and uh. It feels good that, like, there's, where's, there was some kind of scientific experiment run where it's like it releases endorphins or it, it could be the wrong chemical, but it makes they, you feel better. They talk about that. There's like, so the history of swear words is the on that nice episode. It's like a series, and they have, there's, I don't remember which episode it is, but there's one of them where they do, like, all the people that they have interviewing. They'd like interview people for the show. Anyway, whatever. They stick mm -hmm. their hands in ice and they see how long that they can handle with their hand in the ice. Mm -hmm. And half the group is allowed to curse while they have their hands in ice and the other half, they're not allowed to curse. Yeah. And the, it's like very clear. The ones that are allowed to curse, they keep their hands in the ice like a lot longer. Like four or five minutes. To withstand. Yeah. It's wild. The other ones are like, that's a that's been two minutes, right? And it's like 30 seconds. And yeah. Like, yeah. Then they take their I, out, then they cuss. I remember the first time that I ever, that a curse word ever came out of my mouth for the first time um, was I I was in high school and I had my phone on top of my car. I left my phone on top of my car and I pulled out onto the highway and I heard it go, thunk, and it hit my trunk and bounced off. Oh no. <laughs> and I went, shit. <laughs> like, and then I was like, Ooh. and I slapped my hand over my mouth because I was, mortified that i had cursed because that, that's how did you say it like that at the time like you were trying it out like it, it no like you said it just, just in like you, would, you took a second like, you were like what explosive. word no Shit? i did that was just the one that came out of my mouth and it's still one of my favorite swear words it's a good one say. it's very like short and quick and like punchy you know yeah no i, I like, like that it. a lot i really like fuck that's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of use out of goddamn too. I like those two. Yeah. See that one that one on if we're talking about the scale of like not so bad to horrible curse words, anything with that takes the Lord's name in vain would be like high up on the absolutely do not say this list. And like I understand why some certain people are more offended by that language specifically. Mm -hmm. I am not personally, so don't worry about it. No, oh, yeah. Um I've I've heard people make the argument like instead of taking his name in vain, you're like, you're as taking it as not as like that's his job, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So like oh, asking him to. Ah, yes. You're like literally cursing somebody. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, but I get a lot of use. my seven year old asked me once. He's like, "What's your favorite word?" And I said, "Fuck!" Before I realized who I was talking to. I was like, oh, oh no. no. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, not not winning that award this year. The Dad of the mm. Year Award. I do Can have a coffee mug, huh? My husband and I have discussed, oh, I guess we haven't talked about this specifically in terms of like, I don't know, we talk about parenting styles a lot because he and I were raised really differently. And we, at some point in our future, we're planning on having children. And like we talk about parenting styles a lot because a lot of our friends are starting to have kids. And one of my high school teachers always said that he let his kids curse however much they wanted to at home. 
but he their rules were they could only do it at home when there were not visitors over and they could not ever do it in front of like their grandparents that's one of our rules i think if you take the power away from the words right. it, they don't they know what the cuss words are but yeah. we're just like they're big words that convey big emotion and you save them for when you have big moments obviously i don't do that i just think it's funny so I just don't <laughs> but i'm like save it for those big moments and some people words hurt them more than others so don't say it around these people yeah when they were in school we were like don't say it at school please don't say it at school i don't want to yeah. come talk to your principal don't say it at school yeah but if you don't I make like it that. big and scary kids won't do it they only mm -hmm. yeah but if you're like don't you dare say it yeah. Then you know, I remember the first time I cussed in front of my mom, and it sounds dumb now, but the word suck was a big deal when I was growing up. And I told one of my brothers he sucked at something, and yeah, I had to go get a switch out of the yard. Did they ever, for some reason in my church community, they didn't like the word hate. That was even too much. It's like, we don't I, hate things. Yeah, I remember, like, Definitely when I was younger, like elementary school, middle school, my parents really enforced at me that like, you can't say hate, you can't say mm -hmm. stupid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Even like words have so much power at that age for some reason. And I think, I don't know if they were just trying to like teach me to be more careful about what I say. Like they would even say, if you say you're sorry, like you don't just say you're sorry casually. Like it should mean that you're never going to do that thing again. You got to mean it. Yeah, like that really, and that put fear into me because I was yeah. like, I have to actually never do this thing again if I say I'm sorry to somebody. Yeah. I'm like, how do or I try know? not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like mistakes happen. Yeah. And you're like, fine, I don't hate it, but fuck yeah. it. And then you just walk around the other <laughs> way. Yeah. I'm still really careful about speaking things into existence. Like that was always yeah. something that my mom taught me was really important was like, don't don't like speak things into existence. Like there, there's this thing about how like there's life and death in words. And like, I see, I've seen that in many other areas of my life, like friends who um, never grew up in a religious community or anything, but they still like, they're big on manifestation or like, yeah. you know, whatever. And if you say like, if you say something is going to be a certain way, like, Ugh, I'm never going to make it to blah, 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 or like whatever. So like, that's still kind of important to me. Like, I don't know. Like, no, if I, if I yeah. say, like, oh, this week's going to suck. Like, I'm so careful about not saying things like that out loud. Yeah, you'll make it true. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I buy into, like, the universe hearing you doing that and it operates, but if cognitive behavioral therapy has taught me yes. anything, you know, the way you speak to yourself has a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. But, like, regardless of the mechanism of why or how, I, I it definitely makes a difference, for sure. I think it does. And I find that really interesting so like this past week i had a really big project where i was working with um a lot of clients specifically from one company and i was like the only person from my company that was on site working with them and i was just so careful like i was being really careful but like trying to be encouraging and like it's gonna be great you guys are gonna kill it like you know the whole time i was just trying to be really positive and like whatever anyway uh, the feedback that I got from the um, like the senior VP or whatever that we worked with, mm -hmm. he like emailed my boss and he's like, Miranda has such a calming presence. 
And I was like, oh, good. Nailed it. I'm like the little duck in the water, and my feet are yeah. going like this underneath. Like, they're just like swimming so fast. And like on the top, I'm like, everything's cool. Everything's going to be great. I'm not worried. <laughs> I love it. And speaking of faking it while you're struggling, let's move on to our closing segment our new closing segment yay yay it's gonna be tip corner and then we'll do some music like bam, 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 tip corner something music 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 tip corner something like that i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. figure it out sounds great we and, can use uh, that I mean, yeah let's just perfect. use that hold on every... let's get the tip corner like that are we gonna are we gonna uke it up Oh, okay. <laughs> I, this is not in tune. No. <laughs> I just tuned mine earlier. This is a baritone too, so it's a little different. Oh, this is insane. <laughs> Hi, do you have any tips you'd like to offer in Tip Corner? Um, I don't know what this is, so. All right, well, get out and close the door. I'm going to have to introduce it again so I can cut this part out. <laughs> it's okay, I love you. Speaking of being out of sorts and pretending like you've got it all together while you're struggling on site, let's move to our closing segment. Tip corner. We all create different stuff, not just design things. Sometimes we talk too away, too far away from the mic, but sometimes we have ukulele battles. But we're going to share little tips. So, one thing you create, one thing you make. One random tip. It doesn't even have to make sense. Just say it. Mine would be an illustrator to never go below one stroke pixels and above 13 stroke pixels. Interesting. Um, if we're doing Adobe tips, I don't know. I can save some Zen tips for next time. Um, that's I love in the swatch panel of InDesign that you can do select all unused and delete them. What? Anything. That's actually that's, helpful. I need to come up with a better yeah. one. Mine was just a bullshit tip. That's magical. Dang. Nice. Okay, I'll give a better tip then. In Cinema, <laughs> in Cinema 4D, if you're going to use Bend on a capsule, make sure it has more than four height segments. I, I like your funny word. It's magic man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, but it sounds great. What's yours, Miranda? Yeah. I I got nothing. I I was gonna say something um, that I feel like is universally known, but not really in related specifically related to what I've been working on the past couple of days. Not Let's Adobe. Is like always be prepared for every single possible bad thing that can happen. Like when you're doing specifically when you're doing like something live or on set or not on set on site with a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like just be over over prepared for the bad things to happen. Make sure you save a lot. Yes, that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. I literally brought. So I was running a presentation deck from a computer, which is a Mac. I made sure that we had a, a PC on site in case there was some weird thing with their their equipment not working with Macs. I brought like six dongles. I brought my own HDMI cable, audio, three and a half millimeter jack. I bought a Bluetooth speaker in case their speakers didn't work. Nice. I had like, I 
I was way overprepared. I packed a lot of stuff for this work trip that I didn't end up needing, but it was good that I had it. Um, and then I also pre ahead of time looked up where, um, where there was like local print shops in case we needed to print anything last minute. Cause it was over a weekend nice. and it came in handy because I needed to use one of those and I didn't have to stress about it. Cause I was like, I know exactly where it is. It's five minutes from the hotel. Anyway. I always think you can't over prepare. You can always under prepare. Yes. Because as soon as one of those things goes wrong, you're no longer over prepared. And if something does happen Which that you are, are prepared for, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Like it's, you're prepared for it. So it was in the plan. You planned for it. So like, like, the, yeah, like I wasn't worried about it. I didn't have to be anxious about it because I was like, all right, I have a solution. Nice. Can you play us out of yeah. tip corner? Oh, gosh. With my out of tune. Yeah. Sure. Tip corner. Yes. Woo! I'll Guys, be in tune next week. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me tonight for our first new episode of Creatoring. I'm super excited for where the show's going to go. And I hope they're all just like this. So, uh, do we want to, we didn't talk about this. Do we want to say where we are on social media or just let people find us? Sure. Which one? Uh, Treasure hunt. (laughs) No. (laughs) Good luck, nerds. (laughs) I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ZS Wilkinson. I'm Courtney M. Leach on, uh, instagram and i am at the miranda marie on instagram that's it yay we did it yay uh thank you guys and i don't know if we have a tagline yet we'll come up with one later